Lauren, it's a beautiful day in Napa Valley, and we're standing right outside our lovely studio here at Broadcast Park. We sure are. We've got a fun show. I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about all of them. But this guest really represents part of my past as well, something I was involved in as a, a teen. She is the drama director of the St. Helena School System. She was not my drama director. This is I'm going back way too many years, but she's the current drama director, and I'm really excited to uh, find out what she's up to, the productions that are coming up, uh, her background in New York and Broadway. So uh, Patty Coyle's on her way in. Right on. I'm looking forward to that. In the meantime, we invite you to join Judd at his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail, Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Thanks, Lauren. Yeah, we love to welcome friends and neighbors and visitors, and all of our information is at juddshill.com. You can find it there, and while you're online, you can see some of our fun videos, you can see the events we're putting on, and... You know, you could put some wine in your shopping cart, too. Just for being an avid listener, type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. Hey, that's a pretty good deal. It sure is. Could we do better? You can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. That's right. We'd love to have you as a member of the club. When you are a member, it's free to join, by the way. You get access to all of our wines, invitations to great events. It's like having a, a little social planner built right into your wine enjoyment. We look forward to welcoming you here and continuing the good times with fine wines. And now, enjoy the show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. Get ready for another heapful of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. All you need is love, but a little chocolate now and then doesn't hurt. Charles M. Schultz. And now, live from the 1440 KVON Studios at Broadcast Park in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mull, and here's your host... John Finkelstein. Ah, thank you very much, Mr. Lauren Mole. Always a pleasure to be here. A little chocolate always uh, goes a long way to brighten the day. And we are, we are, we are, we are at Valentine's Day. So, well, so chocolate is figuring big, it as is. they say. Yes, even though tomorrow happens to be Valentine's That's Day. That's true. We're, but it's upon us, you know. Cho- oh, exactly. Chocolate yes. is in the air, it as is. they say. Have you been consuming some? Uh, not lately. Not your fair I'm share? just trying to watch what I eat. Is that a big seller? Oh, well, that's good that you're, you're keeping an eye on your diet. Not that it looks like you need to. You look very fit and trim. But how about over at your work? Are people stocking up on red roses and other flowers oh, yeah. and bottles of wine and chocolates? And, exactly. Yeah, what's a big seller? Ah, uh, red roses. Okay, classic. Second best seller, yellow roses. Oh, okay. I wonder, is there a meaning to yellow roses? Do we know? You, go ahead. We haven't introduced you, but you're free, you feel free to talk. It's okay. I believe yellow roses are friendship. Oh, you know what? I don't have that mic on. Friendship, you say? Yes. Okay, that's good. That's good to celebrate on Valentine's. Yeah. Love doesn't necessarily mean romantic love. It could be love of all kinds. It's true. Love Kindness. It. I love that. Very good. Um, Lauren. Yes, Judd. We're going to get to this guest in a moment. But, oh, but you, will. you've got some things coming up. You're singing uh, yes. in a few weeks? Uh, yes. March 16th. The Everybody's a Star organization, which uh, I'm a part of, is honored to be once again singing for your NBA champion Golden State Warriors when they take on the Phoenix Suns. What will you be singing? The Star Spangled Banner. Ah, okay. For the fifth year in a row, and we couldn't be more thrilled. That's fantastic. March 16th, get your tickets, folks, and briefly, once again, remind folks what Everybody's a Star is all about. Well, Everybody's a Star is a nonprofit-based uh, organization organization based in Sonoma that helps the special needs individuals like myself uh, showcase our talents and professional broadcast quality music videos. And it's wonderful. And I cannot suggest highly enough that folks go on the website, which is everybodystar.org. Org. Thank you. Uh, and you can see Lauren's video among many other great videos. You sure can. <laughs> That's right. 
is awesome. Can it, you get me some Warriors tickets? Hmm. Yeah. Do you got some juice there, Lauren? I could. Okay, well, there you go. You heard it here. Uh, maybe we can come up with some sort of a giveaway. Be Lauren's guest at the game. Hey, I've got something I'd like folks to come be a part of as well, if I may. Oh, sure. You don't mind? Tell us about it. Okay, tomorrow night, Valentine's Day, there is a Valentine's Kindness Dinner happening here in Napa at Alexis Baking Company downtown. Some people just know it as ABC. A great spot for breakfast and lunch. They're opening for dinner on Valentine's Day. Two seatings, 5.30 and 7.30 p.m., uh, $45 a person, and with that $45, you get a multi-course dinner. There will be wine specials, I think 10 bucks a glass for any wine on the list, including some Judd's Hill wines, by the way. There will be the Kindness Kids, the founders of Napa's Be Kind movement, who have been guests on this very show, will be there to talk about Be Kind and do a little Q&A. There will be live uh, singing entertainment there. And if you would like to join us at ABC for a Be Kind Valentine's dinner, please call ABC, Alexis Baking Company, 707-258-1827. I'll say that again, 707-258-1827. Make your reservation for Valentine's Day. Again, 5.30 and 7.30 p.m. seatings. It's going to be tons of fun. And I think there may still be some cabins left. I haven't checked in, but I think there may be for our Judd's Hill Mississippi cruise coming up next, no, April, not next month, April 15th through 23rd, New Orleans to Memphis on a luxury paddle wheeler filled with wine, good food, excursions through historic sites of the South. It's going to be great. I cannot wait. Information on that is at Judd'sHill.com. Look for the events tab and it's all there, plus all the other great events. Let's get to our guest. I know, I know she may have to leave a little early, so let's get right to it. Okay, Jet. Her tight schedule we don't want to foil. So let's meet this <laughs> beloved teacher, Most Royal. It's time to get chatty with our good friend named Patty, or as her students call her, Miss Coyle. Oh my <laughs> gosh, is. I love that forever and ever. <laughs> you ju- you've just been Lauren Mold. <laughs> I cannot enter a room again without you there, Lauren. Thank you so much. Uh, you'll be like her theme music. You'll follow. You'll you'll be her herald. Yeah, well, just more the spoken word. There you go. We'll have trumpets, and then you can you can. He's signing that for you, by the way. Oh, thank you, you can you take so that. Much. You can take that with you. Patty Coyle is here, and you are the drama director for the St. Helena School System. School the district. district. The district. Correct. Um, which is wonderful. I am an uh, alumnus of that same school system. And I got to say, I'm very happy that there's somebody like you there. By the time I got to high school, there was no more drama. And I felt gypped because growing up, I used to go to the productions and they were so fun. And the late, great, very missed and beloved Richard Miami was the director for a long time there at the high school did fabulous productions, and by the time I got there, it was all gone. Aww. He was moved on to something else. So not until my senior year did I get to do a play. They brought it back, and that was fun. Bye Bye Birdie, by the awesome. way. Awesome. I have had so many alumni come up to yeah. me in the lobby and tell me that, oh, I wish this was here when I was here. Yeah, there was a long drought there. Yeah, there so was. So thank you. Let's get to who you are. A lot of folks know who you are as the drama teacher. But who are you really, oh, Patty Coy? Let's talk about. Let's talk about where do you come from. You are more recently. I mean, you've been here a long time, but you you did not grow up in Napa Valley. I did not actually. No. I grew up in Fremont, California. Not far. And I was inspired by um, my instructors at Mission San Jose High School, mm-hmm. and did first. I was a cheerleader, and then I quickly saw that theater was my true passion and joined several drama classes, and did all of the shows there, all of the musicals, and then decided to study music at UC Santa Barbara. And everybody from SB was going down to LA, and I said, nope, I'm going to New York. So I moved to New York all by myself with Three hundred dollars in my pocket. Wow, it's yeah. it's it's like in the movies. I'm I going know. Going to New York with it a few bucks of... and nothing and dream big dreams. Big and, dreams, big uh, Broadway dreams. But you were able to get a master's degree at NYU yes. while you were there. Yes, um, that was five years after doing you know the audition 
scene. What um, is that like? By the way, the master's degree is in theater. You've, you kept is. with the theme. Yes. Yeah, so I have an undergrad in music and an, a master's in theater. And as my mother likes to say, two useless degrees. <laughs> oh, come on. But I'm using them both. You are. Every single day. To, to enrich, in, is that a word? Enrich? Enliven and enrich the lives of our youth up valley. So I thank you very much. Hope so. So, so, so give us a glimpse into that world when you move to New York and you only have a few bucks and big dreams oh, and you're man. hitting the auditions and you know those things you do when you're young and think you're you know indestructible mm-hmm. and stars in your eyes. And I stayed at the Y, the YWCA, and quickly got a sublet in Brooklyn and off of the Actors Equity Board which is kind of like your main base for auditions yeah. um, when you're in New York City on 46th Street in Times Square. And then I just, I think I arrived in New York on a Monday and I had my first temp job on a Wednesday. So <laughs> what, you... What were you doing? I, I worked in every, like I, I take my students now to New York and I go up to the Empire State Building or Top of the Rock and I say, I've worked in that building and that building oh, and that really? building. One thing you, you I was always... field trips to New York City. I do, yes. To and showcase I, theater for the We kids, go to or? the Broadway Student Summit and we ascend, attend like three or three days of classes, workshops with Broadway professionals, and then we see about three to four Broadway shows. Oh, did, did you ever go to the Statue of Liberty? Uh, we go by it the cheap way ah. on the Staten Island Ferry. It's the furs are fake, but the ferry is free. <laughs> and um, that's, great... I teach all the students how to live in New York as a starving actor. Like, take the subway, take them to hole-in-the-wall restaurants, mm-hmm. take the Staten Island Ferry. What an amazing experience. I'm going to go look through my transcripts, Lauren. Maybe I didn't actually you know, officially graduate. Maybe there's like a missing a credit and I need to go back to St. Helena High School because mm. this sounds great. I want to be a part of this. Well, chaperone, chaperone. The okay. list of chaperones is sometimes longer who want to go I would imagine. students. I do know New York pretty well. I get there at least once a year and do the theater and see the sights. So yes, if you need a chaperone who sort of knows, you know, great. which street goes to which street. And <laughs> great. I can do that. Awesome. Okay, so that's a wonderful program you've got there going. Oh, yes. And you, you're yeah. using your experience as a New York. Did you get into some did you, any successful you know, I auditions had a lot of I had a lot of Broadway callbacks mm-hmm. and um I had I did a lot of pre-Broadway workshops where like a director and a writer are feeling out a production and that was very exciting and then I did a lot of regional work so the misnomer is that you're always going to work in New York City when you move to New York City but the truth is a lot of regional theaters come there mm-hmm. to audition mm-hmm. okay. for all over the country I so I did a lot of regional theater work, and then I did a cruise ship, Carnival cruise ship, which I got that job while I was in New York. Those are good gigs. Really good I've gigs. I've met quite a few actors and other performers who do these cruise ships, and mm-hmm. they, they love it. It's, it's You send it's, all the money home. You know, your room and board is paid that's for. That's right. It, apparently, it pays well. It's steady work. and I had to do two shows on Monday and two shows on Wednesday, and the rest of the time, I cruised like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and aren't you encouraged to kind of be a host and... You know, I make didn't sure people have are having a good any time extra or? duties. I was really yeah. lucky. Like a lot of the dancers had to do bingo and, and um, oh, yes. dance yeah, with yeah. the patrons. But um, I, I was super lucky. I, I got to go on all the excursions and Fine. and it was just probably the best job I ever had. If I hadn't met the love of my life back in Manhattan, I would probably still be cruising. But still I be left, on the cruise ship. I left the sea for love. Okay, so you fall in love in New York. And I don't mean to hurry this along. I just know you've got to get to your class here yeah, in a few no minutes. Worries. So. Yeah. And so how does that work out? You you're in New York. Did you get married there in New York? Uh, yes. I met mm-hmm. I met my husband at a chorus line callback. So he was also in the biz. Yes, in the biz. And we looked at each other and said, What are we doing here? I'm a singer who moves well. And he said, I'm an actor, my agent sent me. And um we had to do the um dance portion of a chorus line, which everybody knows apparently if you go to an a chorus line audition, you don't go unless you know the jazz combination and I had been in the city for two weeks, so I foolishly went and made a fool out of myself. But we met each other, and but it's a good thing you went because there look. we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that happens there. Mm-hmm. Then how do you find yourself and your husband ending up in little old Saint yeah. Helena, Napa Valley? You know that is such an interesting story because my mother's a teacher, and I always I substitute taught while I was at UCSB, and I always loved teaching but it really was when 9-11 happened in Manhattan Mm. that my husband and I we had been doing the you know audition thing for five years been mildly successful he did a little bit of film and tv and but we kind of looked at each other and your priorities when something like that happened just 
come into focus. Yeah, and we sure. knew we wanted to have a family someday. And, you know, my motto was always Broadway before babies. And <laughs> <laughs> and then that happened. And, and um, we just decided, you know, maybe that we can make a bigger impact on the world, a more positive impact than just kind of beating our head against this wall and mm-hmm. getting rejected, you know, yeah. five times a week. So... I, I can't imagine. I I briefly I don't not to interrupt you, but I, I briefly worked in showbiz. My degree is in television production. Mm. I worked in Hollywood for a bit, and one of my first temp jobs, just trying to find something, was at uh, for a producer, basically just calling in the actors who were showing up for audition. It was really my first experience, and I got their headshots, and I would tell the producer who was here, and then they'd say, "Okay, you call the this monitor." Person in, we this call one. it in the, the monitor. monitor. Thank you. I mm-hmm. guess it's been a while. What a grind. And I felt so bad for these people because I, I could see how nervous they were. Most of them just like sitting there and the nervous chatter and then having and to come go, in and like what they in went that through. La La Land scene and everybody looks oh. just like you. Uh, <laughs> or did you mean uh, Moonlight? Oops. <laughs> a little Oscar reference? Very uh, good. Uh, Very good. Nice. Call Wrong back. envelope. Yes. Okay. So you did that. And I, uh, what I was going to I can't imagine having to go through that myself, being yeah, on that you know, side of it. Well, Giuliani, after 9-11, said, go about your business. Don't let the terrorists win. You do everything that you were going to do. So I had an audition planned for Thursday at the Actors' Equity Building. And I went and I sang. And you know, these um, nice, you know, musical theater girls in the lobby said, oh, does this skirt make me look fat? And did he ask you to sing a second song? And I kind of wanted to be like, what is wrong with you? Do you know what just happened two days ago? So suddenly everything just felt so shallow to me. And, you know, that was at the time. And there were parts of being in musical theater that were very enriching and not like that at all but at that time that was like this ginormous sign to me and oh, so that'll give you some perspective won't yeah it? i i had uh, been de- deferring my enrollment to nyu year after year after year mm. and they'd um very nice of them to be holding my spot so i called them up and i said can i attend <laughs> you know can i come and so i began that the following fall at nyu got my master's degree and and so what is, what, is, what is that then? When you get a master's in theater, what, what do you leave with? What type of knowledge? What type of, what, what, has, what, has, what have you filled yourself with in that type of program? You know, it's interesting because there are different tracks once you get to the graduate level. So you can do the directing track. You can do the stage manager track. You could do that, you know, MFA, Master of Fine Arts Performance track. And I decided to do the educational theater track. So I knew I wanted to direct and teach. And so NYU has a wonderful educational theater program, um, master's at the Steinhardt School of Education. And we not only learned to teach theater directly, but we learned to be teaching artists and we learned to teach other instructors how to use theater in the classroom. Ah. Okay. And you obviously that's bearing fruit for you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. That's great. And I started teaching in New York right out of NYU at a at the Convent of the Sacred Heart, which is an all girls Catholic mm. school on the Upper East Side. And what type of productions were you doing with them? I was um I developed their creative drama program in their lower school. So I developed a pre K through fourth grade drama program. But I would do Shakespeare with fourth graders, you know, a pared down production. I do musicals and I had to do one for every single grade level. So there'd be a pre-K musical and then a wow. K musical. One, two, three, four. Yeah, it was, it was intense. But that sounds it. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I'm act- to imagine that. actually a lot easier than my current assignment. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna get there. So you said you went abroad for a little bit. I did. I studied on in my undergrad. I studied in England at the University of Birmingham. Oh. And then in my graduate, I also studied... Is there studied... much theater in England? Is that like a big thing over there? <laughs> um, Many actors come out of there? Well, <laughs> some people say they invented it, but I don't know. You must have been exposed to quite a bit It of... was wonderful. Yeah. And the training there is so different than here. Oh. It, it, and it's, it was great. And it was a lot of voice work. How to lower my speaking voice mm. and, you know, speak like a trained classical actor, which I really needed because I have a tendency to talk really high pitched. Lauren, we should have had some lines here for her. Get some readings. Well, Do we don't speak? have a script, Judd. I'm saying we should have prepared better is what I'm saying. Of I'm, course. I'm calling ourselves out on this No one. script and no rehearsing. That's It's right in the lyrics, actually. He's right. This show, no script and no rehearsing. Yeah. Thank you, Lauren. Right, Gotta we, stick to your motto. But we will not put you on the exactly. spot. We, we don't have to do any improv. Okay, you do the voice training. Yes. And then my graduate degree, I also studied in London and in Ireland, actually, with ah. the Graffiti Theater Company, which is a children's theater company. And my husband and 
I always thought we wanted to start a youth theater company, but mm-hmm. we haven't done it yet. But we're kind of doing it anyway. It's kind of. And oh, does he also work? Uh, he in is a local arts? actor, okay. and he's done several productions um, with Shakespeare in Napa Valley and at the college. Oh, then and I'm sure I've seen him. Yeah, yeah, and we all, as a family, were the Cratchits in A Christmas Carol. <laughs> At the college, yes. No kidding, wow. Yeah, my littlest was Tiny Tim at the time. You are now close to my heart right now. Ah, Mrs. Cratchit. I was pregnant at the time she <laughs> she'd been stealing all the food from all the children i think that's why they looked so hungry See, i was nice and round the ghost of christmas present right there <laughs> yeah. in fourth grade so this is 19 whatever 80 something early 80s the high school was doing when they did productions when they had theater yeah so glad they do again but back then it was christmas carol and my cousin was playing bob cratchit so i as a fourth grader got the part as Tiny Tim, oh. because there was a little family resemblance. I need a photo. So I played his son, and I got to be up there with my little crutch and look pathetic and say, And the know, last line of the show. Everyone. Yes. How, how, um, how would you read? How would you direct me to, to deliver that line now that we're 35 years later? Well, give me one reading of it, and I will give you an adjustment. You know, I don't, I don't remember the lead up, and I certainly haven't prepared my emotional... <laughs> I'm not in my emotional place. Your motivation? What yeah. is Tiny Tim's motivation for God bless us, everyone? Yeah, you know. That's what I would ask my Things actor. had been so bleak, and he is on death's door. I think, in fact, in one of the visions, he, 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 he died, dies. Yes, he in dies. The ghost, yes. If um, Scrooge doesn't change his ways. As I recall, my aunt was crying. Tiny you know, Tim. Tiny Tim is gone. Yes. <laughs> right. So I'm starting to get a little emotional. Well, I'm I had to actually have my own son on stage, and then oh. in The Ghost of Christmas Future shows that he dies, and oh. I have... You know, the wonderful Jennifer King directed it so that oh, yeah. he would walk away from me into oh, the God. arms of the Death the, the Eater. He looked yeah. exactly like the Death Eater at the time. Uh, and every night, I mean, like, life. How do you hold it together? Yeah. Well, you're I not supposed just, I mean, No, I was a basket case, Mrs. Scratchit, yeah. appropriately. Um, okay, so... Uh, okay, this, fast forward, fast forward. Things are good. Okay. Uh, uh, Scrooge has changed yes. his ways. There's yes. food on the table. Yes. Um, you've, you've done. You've and he's done giving the blessing. This, I, I right. For the what's, meal what's with, with you before. Correct. Yeah. He says, uh, raises a glass. At least I think my, I had a little cup of something. And I said, um, you know, God bless us, everyone. No, it wasn't like that. It I was, would like God, you to take was, a beat was, between God bless us was, and everyone. It was, it was. It, it, yeah, it, I think Richard Miami had a similar read on that. It was, uh, yeah, it was, you know, God bless us, everyone, and everyone turns Has and looks to... and raises, and the curtain comes down. I know, I love that yeah, moment. It's, it's awesome. Okay, I'm glad we had this moment together to talk about that. We could share that. Yes, so. we have a lot in common, actually. Yes. You know, your senior year, you did Bye Bye Birdie. Bye Bye Birdie. Were you in Bye Bye Birdie as on well? On the stage. Yes. Which is no longer... It's a new stage. It's a beautiful new stage standing in the same place. Which I got to experience for the very first time uh, on Friday evening. I had not been back to the new Performing Arts Center. And what do you think? Uh, it's gorgeous. Isn't it's it? It's absolutely gorgeous. I'm um, so lucky. By the time we were using that auditorium as a high schooler, it was, I think, fair to say a little dilapidated, a little <laughs> dreary. Yeah. It, it, it's beautiful. St. Helena has something to be proud of in that Performing Arts Center. Oh, and thank you to the community through a bond measure. Who built it? I just pinched myself. Let's talk about what you've been doing there. What yes. goes on that stage? <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Yes. Your senior year, you did Bye Bye Birdie. And my yeah. senior year in high school, I did Fiddler on the Roof. Ah. And I was title. And I have wanted to do the show as a director ever since. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity came up. I felt like I had the cast. And so we are producing Fiddler on the Roof. And we open March 9th for six performances. It's At the six. new Performing Arts Center. Oh, I'm glad you said six. I've written down the 9th, 10th, 11th, 16th, and 17th. So which one am I missing? No, we are doing two shows on... Ah, it's yes. a double show day. I yeah, we I have three shows the first weekend okay. and two shows on the 16th, um, a matinee and an evening performance. And then we close on the 17th. To get the, the correct information is... SaintHelenaDrama.com and Saint is just S-T. Correct. S-T-HelenaDrama.com. So let's talk about Fiddler on the Roof. Yes, I would love to. How did this come to. about? How are the kids taking to uh, Imperial Russia? I know. You know, it. they're doing... Uh, 
every year I have a different, you know, set of students who enroll in the CTE advanced drama class. And this year I just have an extremely talented group. Um, it is, happens to be that many of the students have grown up in the program. So they started with The Sound of Music as young kids mm -hmm. in 2011, and now they're in high school. And so I have a very strong group, and they are we've really entrenched ourselves into this time period. But it's still hard for them. You know, these people, these peasants in Russia, they live in a shtetl, and they're yeah. on the, you know, the clothes of imperial Russia, and they're very oppressed and eventually have to leave their home. And it's very hard for a high school kid, you know, to yes. to put themselves in that mindset. As a high school I, it, kid in St. Helena, how do you as the director get them to feel like they might be in that situation? You know, we actually spoke a little bit about people who had to flee during the fires. Mm. I really try to just kind of, through research and then through um, emotional exchange, how would you feel if the only place you had ever known you were forced to flee, you were forced yeah. to leave, yeah. you know, and you probably would never see it again and never see some of these people again, you know? So I think that, um, that helped a little bit. We're still working on it. We're still finding our characters. Um, and we're still, you know, delving deeply into ourselves, or our motivation, to get there but you know that Tevya has just been beat down and beat down and beat down yeah. and I've got this wonderful actor Frank Lenny playing him who's just a really jolly kid you know he's just a happy guy and uh but that underlies I think Tevya's character even though he's been beat down beat down beat down and he's I mean in a lot of the scenes you can tell there's a sadness there but I think overall he keeps it together yeah yeah. And he can sing and he, he can dance. He keeps going. And he keeps going. Keeps asking God to help him keep going. <laughs> and with humor, you know. Yes. And, and he finds, you know, almost all the time. I think when his, you know, we're right now we're staging when his um, third daughter, Hava, leaves. And I think that really breaks him. You know, oh, when yeah. Hava leaves and marries a Russian, um. I think that... That's really the straw um, for him. And that is, we're, the first act is very happy. They have a couple foreshadowing moments. Mm -hmm. And then the second act is just, I think we're going to sell tissue in the lobby as a fundraiser. <laughs> Absolutely. The second <laughs> act is the reason I've only ever seen that show once. Even mm -hmm. though, you know, I know the, the music forwards and backwards, such a great collection of songs in there. And it really is a wonderful story that I think most people could probably relate to on on some level, you know, you the know, ideas of actually, loss or, well, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you, no, no, but sorry. when Sheldon Harnick and Jerry Bach and Joseph Stein brought the show, you know, 1961, they had, you know, <laughs> Irish people coming up to them and say, oh, that was, Yenta was my grandmother, yeah. you know, and they had uh, Italian people go, oh my gosh, Golda, she was my mother, you know, so yeah. I think... Although they were very nervous in 61 in that the show would be too Jewish. Actually, it is in all of the research. They were so nervous mm. it would be too Jewish. People just came out in droves because this universal theme of the youth changing faster than their parents want them to. That's it. The balance, the tradition. It, it's something I think, as I said, most people can relate to. What, you know, The characters themselves, they're yeah, these impoverished Jewish people in this village in a hundred years ago Russia, yeah but turn of the century when you see what they're going through and what they're talking about it's it's everybody yeah it might be now you know the internet or you yeah. know video games or you know but it's happening you know the type of music you're listening to or what you're wearing right. or you know it's it's still happening Disassociation today and loss and yeah all, all of it. those themes you know and and so in the end i mean i think that the, the the directors talk about in, in history, the musical theater history, well, it's a labor of love. They said, maybe it'll be open for one season. Yeah. And it was the most success. It ran 3,000, it was 3,000 performances. The first show to ever hit that Broadway mark. Oh, is that right? Yes. Until it was superseded by Grease <laughs> oh. <laughs> later. And then Cats and then. Right, right. On and on. But uh, yeah, and it's had uh, a few revivals. Oh I my think. gosh. I think yeah. a few I years think ago. Five, that the... 50 years it's been 
on Broadway and five revivals. Didn't in the last, one of the last revivals, Sheldon Harnick, the original, one of the songwriters, one of the writers actually wrote a new song for it. Which was interesting. And I don't know it off the top of my head, but I remember reading about that. I was like, wow. I didn't read you know, about or... that. I know that Sondheim did that for a revival of West Side Story, but I, I didn't hear that about Feather. Now I have to go look yeah, that look up. Look it up. You know, Thank maybe you. I, maybe I dreamt that, but look that up. So this is very exciting. This is Fiddler on the Roof at, in St. Helena. Yes. March 9th, 10th, 11th, 16th, and 17th. Right. And all the dates are at com. Get tickets there. Yeah, get your tickets ahead of time. It's it, You can pick out your seat and... Uh, there's no bad seat in the house. And the new auditorium is smaller than the old auditorium. It is. So you want to make yes. sure you get seats for yes. this. Yes. And it already we've um, sold quite a few seats. So make Good. sure you get online and get your seats. Good. We still have a few minutes. So I'm curious, yeah. how do you choose the shows you're going to do? Do you take the, the kids you've got into account? Yes, or do I just... do. That's a great question. I, I take the kids that are coming up into account. Um, but also, I can't do any project that I don't really love and feel like I believe in its message. I have to work, you know, we all have to work so long and hard on it. Three, four months of rehearsal. And then in technical rehearsals, you have to see the show about a hundred times. And I have to just really believe in it. You know, we did the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime this fall, which was kind of our edgiest, um, most contemporary piece we've done. And we just all we're so on board, so invested in it, and and felt like it was just a wonderful thing for the community. And I feel the same about this show. I think, like we're talking about, all the reasons that it's still relevant after all of these years. But it's just such a beautiful piece, you know. I everybody's always asking me to do Greece. I, I've schools do Greece. That's great. High schools do Greece. That's wonderful. Saint Helena did Greece when I was in elementary. Right, I remember going to see it. And They've it was done it. Wonderful. Been there, done that. Okay. And I just feel like. There's just so many wonderful pieces out there that that need this generation needs to see Fiddler. Yeah. You know, a lot of people my generation and older know Fiddler, love Fiddler, but I'm introducing it to some of these students for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And it's this classic, you know, it's part of the fabric of Broadway history. And it's I feel like our responsibility to introduce it to the next generation. That's wonderful. Thank you. And it's nice that there's such an insider like yourself who has access to these other shows, like the edgier shows that mm. aren't as well known, that you know that your kids could shine in and, and showcase their talent. That's that's great. Thank you. You're welcome. Coming <laughs> My up, pleasure. So get, get tickets, folks. Before you go, only a couple minutes. There's so many things here, but I know you got to go. Things you like to do for fun outside of your work, even though it sounds like your work is so fun. Oh, yeah. Hey. Well, I do have a very full life. I have three children of my own. Yeah. Um, two boys that were born in New York and are now 10 and 12. Uh-huh. And they go to the wonderful school NVLA here in Napa. Mm-hmm. Yay. Shout out. Yeah. And and then I um, have a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter who's in preschool. And those kids keep us so busy but in a wonderful way the boys are very athletic uh-huh. we're in the crossover between basketball and baseball so I'm losing my mind <laughs> and um but it's great and um actually my oldest son although we did not push him into the family business he did get yeah. cast in his um sixth grade musical <laughs> so we're very excited about that um he'll be playing Horton in Susicle oh well, in well, April well. Hey, so maybe a little shadowing of the family uh, business there. They keep us really busy and we love to travel. Yes. Um, my parents actually both worked for the airlines when I was growing oh. up. So I got the travel bug and I've been all over the world and love it. Is your restoration of this vintage trailer part of your travel bug to, <laughs> yes, to bring the family we around? We couldn't afford to take them to Europe anymore. So <laughs> we, we bought a vintage trailer and we have other uh, best friends who also have one. And so we hit the road every summer and you know the beauty is that we have summers off together. Oh, my whole yes, family. Yes, and so that's great. Um, but, you know, time off together and no budget. You know, what do you do? So um, we got this vintage trailer and um, we're hitting the Oregon and Washington coast this summer. How fun. Very excited about that. Have a great time. You can bring your ukulele. You told me you just started playing ukulele exactly. as well. Exactly. That's when I started was on our, our big trip last year. So um, our big camping trip. So around the fire, me, ukulele, summer. All for I it. I can taste it right now. I approve of that statement. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> I got to ask you, though, we didn't, well, we've got a couple minutes. We can get to this. If you wouldn't mind, you'll be candid and honest if you're going to answer. If you don't want to answer, you don't have to answer. But if you are going to answer, lay it out there, please, for oh, our God, listeners' you're sake. You're making me very nervous. And if people from the district are listening, 
you know, you can be, say it however you want to say it. Use whatever phrasing you want, but I do want an honest answer. Do you go nuts for donuts? Oh my God, the pink box. The pink box. The pink box is in the room, everybody. <laughs> However, I wish you could see it. the pink donut is gone. Bob St. Laurent uh, got to my donuts before Did I could Bob get in here. Did Bob take the maple if he took... No. Oh, there's a maple. Oh, my God. What? Maple, my favorite. That, that, <laughs> we just need to isolate that. I want that as a tag <laughs> for my show. Because I would say more than 90% of the folks that come on this show pick the maple old-fashioned. Oh. <sighs> Old-fashioned so maple. How can you go wrong? I've got my coffee. I've got my old-fashioned maple. I'm talking to you. No big whoop. Okay, I was about to ask you to improv a scene. You just did it. Thank you. <laughs> That's fine. Now we can get to everyone's uh, favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Mad Libs. That's right. We're going to oh play God. a game of Mad Libs. You oh can no. have your donut while you play this. Oh, okay. oh, There's, oh, God. You know. That's not a problem. This is uh, what we do uh, on our camping trips as well. I oh, had, so uh, the first time we pulled it out, I had a little bit of grammar phobia <laughs> and so i'm glad those were this was all leading up to this moment those mad libs with my kids were preparing me for this moment the universe works in strange ways Patty. are you ready you know how this works okay you seem like a pro already i think i'm ready the first thing i'm going to need from you is a plural noun puppies puppies that's what's happening in my house right now oh you're having puppies okay another story <laughs> oh for another God. time but that congratulations Thank or you. as i'd say maybe in uh, fiddler mazel tov oh yeah uh, a geographic location uh okay i love fiddler S- the barren wasteland of siberia oh, my goodness I that's know. a lie who right? wouldn't want to go there don't they mention that hoddle actually leaves her whole family to see her love in the barren wasteland in siberia oh, is that how it plays in there oh hoddle an adjective. Um, perky. Okay. I've been accused of it before. Perky. We like perky. like to keep the show perky from time to time. Another geographic location. Uh, oh, God. My bed in Browns Valley. <laughs> My favorite place. My bed in Browns Valley. All right. Good place to be on a chilly winter morning, I'm sure. Mm. Thanks for coming in this early. Oh. And taking playing a little hooky. You got a substitute up there, right? I do. Okay, Mr. Great. B, I hope you're doing well, Evan Blassingame. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Mr. Blassingame. The name of a person in this room. Well, Lauren Mole, of course. Lauren Mole. Okay. Shout out. I have there a poem for life now from yeah, him. Yeah, right on. Another plural noun. Oh. Well, vintage trailers. Okay, we're just talking about that. Why not? Vintage trailers and one more plural noun. Those are my weakness. Let's see. You can do uh, it. Troll. Rock trolls. Rock trolls. Isn't that those characters from... Uh, troll? Wait. Troll or Frozen. Frozen. They're the ones... Yes, the parents. A bit of a fixer-upper. I think right. that's the... Right. So you have <clears throat> daughters at home watching yeah, Frozen maybe nonstop, do. maybe. Okay, Patty Coyle. Uh, we're done... Done filling in the blanks. I'm going to eat my donut. Go ahead, please. Earlier today, I was online doing a little research about this show, and I found a, uh, an article about you and this production of Fiddler on the Roof <laughs> in the Napa Valley Register and St. Helena Star. I think it ran maybe in both. You've just rewritten a portion of this article, which we're going to read right now. Are you ready? Oh, my gosh. Love okay, this. here we okay, go. I'm ready. <clears throat> Fiddler on the Roof, a gem from Broadway's golden age of musicals, still resonates today with its theme of trying to find balance in a tumultuous world. Oh, I get it now. Like a fiddler on, on the, the roof, balancing on the apex of the... How did I never... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's, that's the intro to this article. Here we go. The show is directed by Patty Coyle and stars a large group of puppies. (laughs) I'm going to every show. Even harder to direct than high school kids. (laughs) Stars a large group of puppies who have grown up in the barren wasteland of Siberia (laughs) drama program. (laughs) Okay. This show offers a perky night of theater for all ages. <laughs> it's like the puppy bowl, yeah, but with headscarves. That second act of Fiddler, everyone always describes (laughs) as just so perky. Okay, uh, Coyle said. Sorry, that was your quote. Though the story is set, uh, oh, yeah, 
do? How about a number? I first skipped over this one. Any number? Oh, oh, my favorite number, two. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> la, la, la. Okay, though the story is set more than two years ago <laughs> in my bed in Browns Valley. <laughs> Very conceptual. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait to see the it's set. Like, I, I know. I can, it's a movie in my mind right now. Yeah. I can see the whole thing. It's the puppies in the bed. I can see it. The... Staged. Uh, supposed to take place two years ago. Uh, okay. So though the story is set more than two years ago in my bed in Browns Valley, the struggle of Lauren Mole and his community <laughs> remains I relevant see today. see Lauren with puppies all over him. There you go. Yeah. It's all coming together. I love this. So the story of your struggle, Lauren, uh, remains relevant today. With the plight of vintage trailers and rock trolls dominating the headlines. Oh, man. Wow. I know. I mean, we need an advocacy for rock troll vintage trailers. I think so. Yes. You may be just that person, Laura. That was great. Patty Coyle, you are the director of drama at the St. Helena School System. Fiddler on the Roof is coming up in just a few weeks. And tickets for this and probably all future shows can be had at stHelenaDrama.com. And Saint is S-T. Don't, don't spell out Saint. It's S T Helena Drama.com. I know you got to go. You've got students waiting All for right. you. All right. I've got, yeah, third period students. And if any of them are listening, your teacher's coming. Be good to Mr. Blasengame. Behave. Thank you. Thank your you monologues much. will be performed tomorrow for a grade. Okay. <laughs> oh, <for>, pressure's <laughs> on. You got your donut? Yes. Okay. Did I get the whole box? Would you like to take them? <laughs> How about for Mr. Blasengame? I, being... I think that's a great thank you okay. gift. There thank you go. You. Compliments of Judd's Napa Valley oh Show gosh. for being so kind to let thank you off to come here. You. Thanks for joining us. Thank Can't you for wait having to see me. The show. It was so much fun. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but thank we will both. be back. You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. At 1440 on your AM dial in Northern California and streaming live around the world at KVON.com, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. Thanks, Lauren Mole. Sure to appreciate it. We just uh, had the honor of having St. Helena School System drama director Patty Coyle join us. She had to split and get back to actually teach some students, which we all appreciate. You know, we should mention, we, we neglected to mention that one of our former guests here and my former choir teacher all growing up in St. Helena, Craig Bond is the musical director of that show. So we want to make sure ah. Craig gets the credit and the respect he deserves, an amazing man, musician, teacher. I'm even all the more excited now to go see Fiddler on the Roof. And we also chatted briefly, Patty and I. She and I have something else in common. We have both gone to Europe with Craig. Craig leads these choir trips jazz choir trips to Europe, and I went as a teen. It was an amazing experience getting to travel through Europe with my fellow classmates, singing and performing and meeting locals and experiencing the various aspects of the local culture. It was just an amazing experience. She, she went as an adult with their adult jazz choir called Jazz at Seven, and it's always fun being able to compare some notes about that shared experience, you know, maybe uh, 20-something years apart, but... Uh, but cool. Craig's always up to something good. We should probably have him back on the show, in fact. We could. I think that's a good idea. So I'll give the plug once again for that show. That is Fiddler on the Roof, St. Helena uh, High School production. It's stHelenaDrama.com. And don't spell out St. Put S-T. So stHelenaDrama.com. And that will be March 9th, 10th, 11th, 16th, and 17th. Six shows over those five days. Should be just marvelous. Can't wait. Something I do want to bring up, you know, I'm probably not as prepared as I should be for this uh, segment due to a due to a tech issue. I'm not able to plug in my my little audio player that has some audio I would have liked to have played. But just this past week, we we lost a good friend. We did, and, and uh, a former guest on the show, two time guest on this show, one of the great voices of jazz and the uh, American songbook. Uh, Wesley Whitfield passed away. You know, I, I knew that she had recently retired from singing, and I was at one of her last performances. She was doing a weekly gig at Silos with her husband and also a good friend of the show, Mike Greensill, on piano. You know, they said that she she's going to be retiring, and I guess I didn't realize uh, the seriousness of her situation, and I, I kind of wish I had. I would have certainly reached out a little more, but maybe... Maybe they were keeping it under wraps. I don't know. This is all conjecture now. But when I read that she had, uh, well, Mike 
had sent out an email to people on their email list, which I was on because I always wanted to know when they're performing, saying, you know, thank you for the cards and messages. And he was glad to be able to read them to her. Usually these are the things that uh, I'm paraphrasing now. I don't have it in front of me. But usually these are the types of tributes one hears at a memorial. And it's so nice that she could hear them herself. And I thought, my goodness, this, this certainly does not sound good. And then it was either the next day or two days later uh, he announced that she had she had passed, and it certainly hit me in the gut. She's one of these people that I just, you know, the moment I first met her, thought this is a wonderful person that I need to stay connected to somehow. Not just because of her vocal talent, and she really, you've heard her sing, Lauren. She really, I have. Uh, to say an amazing voice is an understatement, and I'm not well-versed enough in the... Uh, the art and the vocabulary of vocal jazz to, to speak to that and use maybe all the right adjectives. But when you heard her sing, or I'll speak for myself, when I heard her sing, even if it was a song that was familiar to me, and this sounds like a cliche, but I felt like I was hearing it really for the first time. She was such an amazing interpreter of the music, the way she would phrase it, and also the way Mike would arrange it on the piano. And her technique was just something to be in awe of. And I don't use that, that word awesome lightly. I, I truly mean to be awe, in awe of. And with that great vocal talent also came this great sense of humor. You know, when you went to see them perform, every song pretty much was introduced with a short little story, maybe about its history or what it meant to them. And it was always entertaining sometimes self-deprecating, sometimes <laughs> deprecating each other in some way, or the, the, some maybe not so flattering story about the songwriter that would make the, the audience laugh. And, uh, but, but no matter what, it always made us appreciate the song all that much more by having, um, having her words to uh, preface it. And I would have liked to have played a little something from her right now. And unfortunately, as I said, uh, the technology is not working out at the moment. I checked today. Her website is still up, Wesla Whitfield, and that's W-E-S-L-A, Wesla Whitfield.com. And on there, you can certainly uh, see some videos of her performances. You can hear some her songs. The audio files are up there. Uh, you can probably maybe even order CDs. I'm not exactly sure, but if not there, then get them somewhere. They're well worth having. There are some lovely tributes to her online. The New York Times had a uh, <laughs> had an obituary. Take I'm your time, Jeff. I know I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I did see a post that Mike, um, you know, her husband, uh, put up there, and he said that um, they were aware that the obituary was going to run. I guess shortly before she passed, and. She said something to the effect, you know, like, you know, you know, <laughs> some people will do anything for publicity. You know? right. <laughs> and very happy to have made the Times, making a making a joke about, you know, finally making the New York Times. But she 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 worked in New York, she worked in San Francisco, she worked around the world, she sang for presidents, on and on and on. And uh, she will be very missed here. She um, will. Folks who would like to hear her appearance on this show can certainly go back to our iTunes, the iTunes, the Apple iTunes store, and look back uh, through our shows and look for the Mike Greensill and Wessel Whitfield episode, as well as I think both of our musical bonanza shows feature her music on there. That's right. But you know, you know, interesting that you bring this up because we recently recorded an episode with both Whistler and Mike uh, for their second appearance at the Grog Shop, but somehow it just never got on the air. Oh, it's not? It hasn't... Uh... It never got on the air, John. Well, let me look into that. I'll look into that. So maybe there's a lost episode. That's actually... That's probably makes one me of our lost episodes. That's probably one of our lost episodes. Okay. Well, that's in name only. They're not lost, like lost forever. We right. will... Let me do a little research and see if we can do ah, that yes. file. Sure. Because well, we recorded that at the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop. And you're right. Not all of those air in a regular rotation. So if that one hasn't aired, maybe there's some fresh material to come. I'm glad that you said that. That'll... That'll keep her memory going for a little longer. Not that anyone's ever going to forget her at any mm -hmm. time. But, you know, to her, we say thank you for all of the wonderful music, the wonderful humor, the resilience that she showed throughout her life. 
if you listen to the show or you read anything about her, you know she um, not, has not always had it easy, but she overcame quite a bit. To Mike, we say uh, you have all of our best wishes, and we would love to have you back on this show sometime soon. He, he wrote that his show is going to continue on, and he will continue to be at Silos, I believe, on Thursdays. Uh, I don't know about this very Thursday or not, but uh, it's certainly worth calling Silos to find out. And uh, I know I'll certainly be down there, not just as a show of support, but because, you know, selfishly, I just am always entertained by him. So I'm looking forward to many more great evenings of music with him. We just wanted to acknowledge uh, this, this great friend of the show uh, who is no longer with us and, and uh, just say thank you. So here's to you, Wesla. I wish I had a song at this very moment, but we'll tack one on for the podcast content and we'll hear a little something. So, Lauren, thank you very much for another great hour of radio. It's always a pleasure to be here with you here in Napa Valley, and I'm looking forward to next week. Such an honor, Judd. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Why did I choose you? What did I see in you? I saw the heart you hide so well I saw a quiet man Who had a gentle way A way that caught me Why did I want you? What could you offer me? A love to last a lifetime through my heart so many years ago I lost it lovingly and willingly to you if I had to choose again I would still This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gillamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.